Welcome to the One Body, One Life podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Dr. Jason Wan, lifestyle physical therapist. I teach busy parents and professionals how to eliminate pain, lose weight, and get back to a pain-free life. If you haven't yet and you are somebody that's been following for a while, I would greatly appreciate if you can potentially help by either sharing your favorite podcast episodes or leaving a five-star review either on Apple or Spotify podcast. That would help me tremendously, allow me to fulfill my vision in order to help millions of people at some point eliminate pain and get back to the life that they want. And uh, just for today, I wanted to share a few things that I'm just going to simply rant for a little bit in a good way. And what I want to share to you guys is exactly what I specifically do in order to feel stronger, feel less pain, and also to get stronger as I age. So the main things I want to talk about are strength training and weight loss, which I think that both of those are a product of becoming pain-free. So when we break that down, in order to become pain-free, I think that for some people that are a little bit more either on the obese side and want to lose weight, well, losing weight in general has been correlated with less joint strain. Okay, so let me give you an example is when I was at my heaviest weight at around 172 pounds, during the pandemic and when I, when everything was starting to ramp up and basketball and a lot of things, like a lot of public sports were starting to open back up, I decided to just rush back into basketball. Little did I know that with a little bit less training and at my heaviest weight, I actually tore, actually partially tore my medial meniscus on my left side. Looking at that is that even though you could be strong, you could be feeling exactly the same. It doesn't matter really about your age, but as you could see with the amount of repetitive weights and a repetitive load and stress that I was putting onto my body at a heavier body weight, it ended up resulting in one of the more worser injuries that I've had in my life. But then all of a sudden I was able to cut my weight down from 172 pounds as of January 1st and cut it all the way down to 149 pounds, which is 20, it's about 22 to 23 pound difference. And I went from about 15% body fat down to about eight to 9% body fat. And all alongside that is that my body was feeling its strongest. I had a lot of energy in the basketball league, which was a 30 30 year old and overly good goodness tile time flies. I consider myself definitely one of the more athletic and one of the faster ones on the basketball court. I want to again, just share as a busy parent. I know that we make up, we, we often make these excuses of I don't have time. Sometimes I feel too tired to work out. So I want to share with you guys just a lot of just different little strategies that I use in my life to stay accountable for myself maintain or even progress my strength, but also how I was able to lose 23 plus pounds just within actually five, six months. And I'm still able to maintain that weight into August. So let's talk about a little bit about strength training. And I think that strength training is in fact, one of the most important things, not just to allow people that I know, like my clients and people around me to become pain-free, but also to stay injury-free. And it's got to be one of the best things that you can do in order to lose the weight. Okay. So common misconceptions around losing weight is slaving away out cardio, doing 1200, doing 1200 calories per day and just starving your body. I've heard of a lot of things. I've heard of keto. I've heard of just a lot of different things that I feel that it's not sustainable. And even though you might lose weight in the short term, you always end up rebounding, juicing being one of them. I see a ton of people juicing and uh, juice, juicing in itself is just like you're depriving yourself of the nutrients that you need, even though people think that vegetables and a lot of stuff have a ton of nutrients is that you're missing like key pieces 
like protein and you're missing just pivotal things that will allow you to gain muscle. So while you might have, you might lose three to five pounds during your juicing period, you're probably losing probably a significant amount of muscle at the same time. And then as you go back to normal eating is that your metabolism is so slow that you end up gaining that weight back. And so I want to share what I do and the simplest, the absolute simplest things. If you want to just drill this into your head is number one for weight loss, be in a caloric deficit. Number two, in order to preserve the weight loss that you are having, just make sure that you're strength training at least three to five days a week. Okay. So boil that down caloric deficit. Number two, strength train three to five days a week. That's it. That might sound simple. Yet we know that staying at a consistent diet, a consistent amount of calories that you're eating, or even getting to the gym or getting to your home gym, for example, three to five days a week, a lot of people feel that's very hard. But if you try to boil it down as best as possible, this is what you could simply do. So let's talk about the weight loss, for example. All you do is simply for five to seven days is just track your calories. And if you track your calories, you might not track forever. I know that some people say, I'm not a numbers person. Jay, I can't do what you do. I can't use spreadsheets. I can't track all these things. But what I always say to that person is, you can't manage anything long-term unless you really put numbers to it, right? And that's why I feel like as, as far as my own fitness and health, I'm so successful at it because I'm willing to put down the numbers on a spreadsheet and be willing to track that over time. Now, while I have been tracking for eight months, all I'm saying to you, if you're listening right now, is just track five to seven days. Grab a food scale, grab uh, a weight scale so that you can actually weigh yourself every single morning. And then simply just start tracking your food, either with MyFitnessPal, Lose It. There's a lot of apps. There's Nutrition X. There's MacroFactor. MacroFactor is actually the app that I use the most right now. And just track the, the exact food intake that you're getting in. You don't have to do anything for an assessment week. The assessment week is just five to seven days. And all you're simply going to do is just track your weights. Okay, track your body weights, track the calories, even track the amount of protein, and then see how your body responds. And this data over five to seven days is going to do two things. One, it's going to give you a very accurate measure that for the average amount of calories that you're eating within five to seven days is that you're either gaining weights, you're losing weights, or you're maintaining your weights. It's just one of three things. And if you're maintaining weights, then that means that you're at an energy maintenance or you're at a caloric maintenance. That means you're not losing anything because calories in equals calories out. Now, if you start losing weight, then that means that the calories out outweighs the calories in. So you're burning more than you're eating. And if you're gaining weight, like 0.5 to 1 pounds after an assessment week, then simply enough, you're eating more than you are burning. Okay. So you're in a caloric surplus. So what do you do the next week over is that if you're losing weight, then simply take the average amount of calories that you're eating and just simply roll with that until you achieve uh, a certain point where your body adapts. So you might like at, at that certain average amount of calories that you're eating, if you're already losing, just eat that same amount every single day. And at some point, your body will catch up. So if you lose five to 10 pounds, for example, because you're tracking your calories, then that's great. But then your body's eventually going to, your body weight's going to lighten up. And eventually you're going to hit another caloric maintenance point where the amount of calories that were initially leading to the weight loss now becomes your maintenance. So there's one of two things that you could do is either at that point, if you want to lose more weight, you have to 
further decrease your calories by maybe 100 calories, or you have to increase your caloric output, which is adding more strength training, adding another day of strength training, adding some cardio in, or basically in a nutshell, just adding in some sort of extra activity so that it increases your caloric output. Okay. Another little hidden thing that you can do is just simply increase your protein intake because on the caloric output side of the equation, there's something called the thermic effect of food, which accounts for maybe five to maximum 10% of your metabolism. So if you prioritize more protein over, let's say carbohydrates, protein, like a piece of chicken is, takes a lot more energy from your body to burn than oatmeal or a sweet potato. Okay, because protein is just thicker, it has like larger constituents, it has uh, peptides, it has amino acids that gets broken down to the body. So it actually takes energy to break down a piece of chicken breast, and it takes a little bit less energy to break down candy or soda, for example. Those are considered more like quick carbohydrates. All right, that's essentially like the weight loss portion of it. Now let's go into like caloric maintenance. You're at caloric maintenance where after five to seven days, if you're noticing that you're not losing any weights at all, and you're just staying the same, then what you need to do is just an easy equation is just either minus your average calories by about 500. Okay. And this is different depending on the person's goals. So like when I take on a client and we're figuring out the macronutrients, the amount of calories, the protein together, it's going to vary from person to person based on what their goal is. But let's say if you're at caloric maintenance for five to seven days, then the next week after that, you're going to minus, let's say 500 calories and minus 500 calories equates to essentially one pound of predictable weight loss every single week. So if all the variables are constant, meaning you maintain the same amount of caloric output, you're maintaining the same intensity and frequency of exercise, but the only variable that you're changing is minus 500 calories per day for seven days. So do the math, 500 calories less per day times seven equals 3,500 kilocalories. And 3,500 calories equals one pound of fat. Okay, so let me say that again. 500 calories less, times that by seven, which is seven days of my seven days of essentially 500 less calories. Do the math. That's 3,500 calories less per week, which then equates to one pound of fat loss per week. Okay. And that's exactly what I did is that I found my caloric maintenance. My maintenance was around, let's say 2,800 calories. I wasn't really losing anything. I simply dropped myself down to 2,300 calories after 2,300 calories for a given amount of months my weight pretty much went down from 172 pounds, pretty much all the way down to 156, 155. And then my body started to, I was obviously uh, leaner, much leaner. I started to see a six pack. I was getting way stronger because I was also getting to the gym. And then at that point around 154, 155, my body went to another caloric maintenance point. So therefore I dropped my calories again by another hundred calories. I dropped it down to 2,200 calories. And then all of a sudden my body responded again increase the intensity of my exercise. And then I eventually got to this point where I was about 149 pounds, which is leaner than my college weight. And I was just way stronger too. Okay. So that's for you. If you are specifically monitoring your calories for five to seven days, you're at a caloric maintenance, easy rule. And I'm not going to go through all the rules and the different ways that I help my clients lose weight, but 
minus 500 calories, 3,500 calories less per week, and that should equate to one pound of fat loss every single week. Okay. And then after you get to some sort of caloric maintenance point again, where your body's lighter and your body, you have to measure out and change the variables of caloric output and caloric input, then essentially that's what you do, right? You just got to make those modifications again. All right. Now, lastly, if you are at a caloric surplus, okay, caloric surplus is huge. So caloric surplus essentially is what you want to do is you're gaining weight. So after your five to seven days of assessing your calories and your monitoring that those calories on either a spreadsheet, monitoring those calories on an app like Macrofactor, for example, then if you're at a surplus by the end of that week, then what you need to do is you need to drop your calories significantly. It could be as much as 750 calories per day um, because you're at a surplus. Um, another thing to do is what I tell people is as far as a, a rule, I call it like the 14 to 18 rule, which actually I learned this from some other podcasts, I, I will look this up for you later, but I call it like the 14 to 18 rule, which basically says if you are 200 uh, pounds right now and you want to drop yourself down to, let's say, 185, then what you're going to do with 185 is you're going to do 185 and you're going to multiply that by about 16. So that's between 14 and 18. And that's actually the caloric, that's actually the roughly the caloric maintenance for 185. And I'm not going to do the math or look at my calculator here, but take 185, that's your goal weight, times it by 16, and that should give you a rough estimate of what caloric maintenance is, which essentially that's caloric weight loss at your 200 pound frame. Okay. But if you wanted to speed up that weight loss, you can do 185 times it by 14, which is the smaller end of 14 to 18. And that essentially would be an even faster weight loss. And 185, if you're 185, unless your goal was weight gain, like you wanted to gain weight and gain muscle, you take 185 times 18. And that would essentially be 185. You would be gaining weight and uh, gaining weight up to whatever that amount is. But again, if you're 200 pounds, you want to lose 15 pounds, 185 times that by 14 to 16. And that should actually give you a decently rough calories that you would hit every single day in order to actually get to 185. Okay. So hopefully this is helpful because I gave you essentially two methods. One is like assessing and then minusing 500 calories, which leads to one pound of fat loss per week, or you can take that 14 to 18 rule. And that should actually give you a goal calories in order to hit every single day. All right. Now, is this, is, is this easy? I would say it's easy if you could just be very routine, right? I've always been, even with like my wife and my friends, I've probably been one of the most routine people that I know. I know there's, I try to surround myself with really successful people that have a stronger body. They have the weight loss goals that I want or in business. I surround myself with people that make more income than me. So essentially one, one little tip here is try to surround yourself with people that are either better than you in that specific thing that you want to get better at, or essentially hire that person that you want to get better at, right? So if this person is like a multimillionaire and I potentially want to scale my business to have more impact on the world and help more people, I might take somebody that's a multimillion dollar fitness coach and have them be my coach and then pay them a certain amount in order to get there. And essentially, I don't have to make as many mistakes along the way and I can speed up that learning curve and get to where I want to be. And essentially, that's what a lot of people do. So if you were interested in 
uh, gaining perspective on getting stronger, weight loss, gaining pay free. That's essentially what I do, right? So you would essentially potentially hire me or somebody else in order to create out that plan for you. And that plan, if you know that I've done it for myself, that you're more certain about that plan and therefore you're not going to procrastinate, but you obviously investing in something, you're putting money on the line. So you are going to take more action whenever you put money on the line. And these are just like little tips outside of teaching about the physiology of weight loss along with getting stronger is if you need to hire somebody in order to create that plan for you or keep you accountable, I always think that's a valid way. And that's always how I've gotten successful with getting to a leaner frame. I've had a nutrition coach. I've had a business coach in order to help build my business and build the things that I want. Um, and I've had a mindset coach. I've had a stress coach, right? I used to get really stressed out in 2019 when I first started my business during the pandemic. Guess what? I hired a stress coach in order to like literally survive the pandemic. And that person really helped me in order to alleviate my stress and to stay afloat and still keep my business afloat. Okay. So hopefully that makes sense. And the weight loss stuff, if you need to rewind this and listen to that again, that's like really a lot of golden information, especially if your primary goal is weight loss. Now on the flip side to that, like I said, in order to preserve your weight loss, you can't just be in a caloric deficit. You have to look at the flip side to the coin, which is the caloric output. Now strength training, that is seriously, I can't think of anything better besides there's cardio, there's hit, there's a lot of different things you do, but some form of strength training, CrossFit, some sort of like weightlifting, powerlifting, some sort of aspect where you're lifting weights off the floor, you're lifting weights with a barbell, a dumbbell, a kettlebell, maces, bands, like those types of things are the primary ways to get pain-free and to lose weight, okay? So when I started dedicating myself from January 1st till now, I literally work out and strength train four to six days a week. If you're very busy and you want to start off with something smaller, even two days a week or even three days a week, something like a smaller goal of consistency will still lead you to the body that you want. Okay. Now, what sort of strength training do you do? Definitely you want to hit some sort of muscles that, you know, especially the back muscles. So most of them, I call it like upper body pull. That's a lot of prioritizing biceps, back muscles, rhomboids, traps, even your low back muscles, your lats, right? Your lats is huge. So if you're somebody that essentially has a, you feel like you have a lot of like fat around the midsection, the main way for getting fat around the, off the midsection is still actually caloric input, which is decrease your amount of calories. But then if you want to aim for that more triangular shaped frame and kind of have the appearance of a leaner waist or a skinnier waist, then you still want to be doing some sort of lat work. That's pull-ups, rows, that's lat pull downs. That's a lot of those types of variations where you're pulling the weight towards you. Okay. So that's a huge priority for me. I probably hit that at least two to three days a week. And then you want to prioritize also some sort of pressing variations. So when you're prioritizing chest, front shoulders, triceps, you want to prioritize these larger muscles. Whenever you're using larger muscles or more muscles within a given exercise, that's going to lead to a, a greater amount of caloric output. So for example, if you just did bicep curls and tricep extensions, you're really only working like very small muscles and you're only working one joint, which is the elbow. But if you did things like burpees or overhead press, overhead press crosses the wrist, the elbow, as well as the shoulder, and you even have to stabilize your spine with an overhead press. So therefore, those are much greater bang for the buck and you tend to burn more calories during the workout and after the workout. 
Okay. So people don't know that you actually burn calories after the workout, um, which is called uh, EPOC, right? That's uh, exercise post-oxygen consumption, EPOC. So EPOC is the more intense the exercise is, you're going to be burning more calories after the workout. Now, it's not going to be like the golden window. Make your exercise as intense as possible so that you're like burning like a crazy amount of calories, right? You're not burning an insane amount of calories after your workout, but it does like in order for you to like you're breathing really hard during workout, it takes energy in order to bring you back down to homeostasis so that you're breathing normally. So that actually takes energy to bring you back into a homeostatic state. And plus, you are breaking down tissue. So essentially, the more tissue you break down via strength training during your workout, you are going to have to use energy in order to rebuild those tissues. And you rebuild those tissues through sleep, you rebuild those tissues through being in the kitchen and eating the right foods. And also again, prioritizing protein because protein gets broken down into amino acids, which then gets shuttled into the musculature and rebuilds those tissues over time. But essentially you don't rebuild those tissues unless you get good sleep too. Okay. Sleep, nutrition, big pieces of recovery. All right. So I hit on upper body, like the pressing motions, the pulling motions, and essentially prioritizing legs. Like I usually put the whole global like all the musculature as far as legs into one or two workouts, I always hit legs two to three days a week. So that's usually I'll hit two really kind of high intensity leg days, like very high intensity as in high weights, and sometimes often high volume. And then I'll also prioritize like plyometrics and sprint training, because that's it activates a different mode of exercise, which prioritizes like the creatine phosphate cycle and prioritize prioritizes the high sprint and type two fibers are like the larger, faster twitch fibers. And so when I sprint and I do those things, I get a good mixture of hypertrophy, building up that tissue through two days a week of like very heavy strength training. Plus then I'll challenge my muscles in a different way through, uh, plyometrics, agility, speed training. And I also do that in, in essence, because I, as a 34, 35 year old, I do want to maintain my speed as well and my explosiveness. Right. So hopefully that really helps you in thinking about if you're going to be doing two to three days of strength training, if it's going to be two days of strength training, you might as well throw in a mixture of legs and upper body at the same time. That's not going to get you honestly to your goals as fast versus somebody that prioritizes three to five days a week of strength training. But if you only had two days, upper and lower body can fit in the same exercises like Tuesday, Thursday. If you're doing three days, I would definitely split into like upper body push, upper body pull, and potentially legs. That's classic push-pull leg scheme. Four days a week, you might do maybe two days two days a week of legs, or maybe two days a week of upper body push, followed by one upper body pull, and then the leg day. And then five days, it just depends on your goals, honestly. It could be two upper body pushes, one upper body pull, followed by two, two days a week of leg strength. Okay? But yes, if you have more questions about that, definitely send me a text. You can send me a text 415-965-6580. Feel free to also direct message me, Flex with Dr. J, at any of my major platforms. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok are the main ones to direct message me, okay? But strength training, in a nutshell, biggest thing that I will always prioritize. Strength training, not just from a kind of a body sculpting perspective, right? Getting leaner, stronger, more defined version of what you want for your body. So that's just from an aesthetic perspective. But even a long-term 
lifelong longevity perspective is strength training by far is that if you are over the age of 40, is that you do tend to lose 1%. You tend to lose 1% of strength and power output like every single year. You lose even sometimes 5 or even 15% of your power and strength output every single decade after the age of 40. So while I'm not there yet, is that I want to build up as much strength and capacity until I get to 40. And even when I get to 40, I'll still be probably hitting strength training even more frequently to preserve my muscle mass, to continue to feel strong and resilient as I get older. So if your goal at superficially or even short term is fat loss, get stronger, get the body of your dreams. Yeah, still, it's the same equation. But the longevity perspective, if you're like a busy parent professional, you still want to be there for your kids and grandkids. I think about that a lot. And after the age of 40, I'll still probably be hitting three to five days of strength training while still maintaining a healthy lean weight so that I'm not putting a lot of stress to my joints. All right. So I really hope that this gives you a lot of perspective on strength training and weight loss. These are the exact things that I've done to get myself down to 8% body fat, 9% body fat, along with maintaining a 149 pound frame. Like I said, if you have any questions, DM me or send me a text. And that's it for I got for this training. So if you found this helpful and you find this valuable, I'd love one if you can click that kind of like that three circle button, that share button would be helpful. Share this to your social media, share this to your platform, share this by email, share this to anybody that you feel could help that could benefit from this. I'd really appreciate that. And if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts, there are buttons that you can leave a five-star review. That'd be great and helpful because then my One Body, One Life podcast will be shared among more people based on the keywords like pain relief or strength training. And if you have any questions or feedback and you want future episodes on certain topics, I'd love that. Send me an email, jason at flexdrj.com, or you can DM me at flexdrj.com. And I will leave you always with these last words of advice. We only have one body, one life. Make every action you take be one that makes you a better version of you. Take care.